everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we have a crisis averted because uh, if the Oilers would have lost last night, this would have been, uh, what? what is it, a DEFCON 5? Is that what it would have been? Or would it have been <laughs> like, oh, heavens, my goodness. That, that, I think that gives me uh, gives me an answer right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Dude, I was trying so hard to hold that sneeze in. Um, it hit me like as soon as you started doing the countdown and I was like, oh, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. It hit, and it hit you it like just, a generator inspection. <laughs> kazoo <laughs> so yeah no i actually i wanted to i wanted to share this with you because i thought this was really funny i was talking to a friend of the show ben tall guy ben i don't really bruins boy ben i don't know what he goes by today i kind of let him i kind of let him pick his name um he said is there a pod episode this week i said yes sir recording tonight he said yes i want to hear about the oilers last week my favorite episodes are when the boys are all caps stressed Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. <laughs> so you're really gonna like this one because last week sucked. Like, oh, last week sucked. Oh yeah, because I don't even remember. Time is a flat circle at this point. Were they were they were they almost undefeated last week, or were they undefeated? I can't remember at this point. Time is a flat circle, just like the Earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, it's it's flat. Um, it's flat. Oh yeah, no, Ronald Reagan loves it. I don't know, dude. Yeah, no. Last week sucked because then this is just a great way. Let's talk about it. Let, why don't we? Why don't we just get into it? Because last week was the three consecutive shootout loss week, followed by a Flyers Flyers dub. Yeah, it's on the slate for tonight. Is we're going to be talking about the game against the Red Wings, game against the Rangers, which friend of the show NYR Nick was actually at. So shout out to him. We're going to talk about the game against Colorado and then the game last night against the Flyers that um wince was at so a couple friends of the show were at a couple games and glad to see the boys got to see some good hockey with some different results after that we're going to move into next week's agenda uh do a little discussion about some uh potential picks for the for the next game then we'll move into a host of oilers discussion a host of nhl discussion and wrap things up with the rockstar of the week and get you out of here how's that sound uh that that sounds pretty good hopefully we don't need to and uh, be uh, sent to an institution after discussing these next three games. <laughs> well, no time like the present because this first one, Nolan, and I'm gonna le- I'm gonna leave this one right to you because the name, and I don't like to pump your tires. I, I like to pump your tires, but I don't like to overinflate your tires. You much but- prefer to actually like slash them. Is what you prefer to do. Oh, thank you very much. I like. To- I'm glad that you think I'm supportive. But this <laughs> is probably the funniest episode title I think you've ever come up with, and thank I mean you. that sincerely. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, because I haven't. I've titled this game Detroit Rock Shitty, which is a five-four <laughs> shootout lost to the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> Let's just get down to brass tacks here. There's no use in trying to lead into this one with a clever pun or to lead off with a stat of some sort or trying to make it a little funny tidbit of information because these next three games are going to be a lemony snicket series of unfortunate events and you might as well call me Count Olaf. (laughs) Count Olaf. (laughs) Count Olaf. All-star Dylan Larkin scores on, opens the scoring on the power play to make it one nothing Wangs. Uh, Morris Sider, uh, Miles knows it's Moritz, but I want to see Nolan's CPU overload saying Moritz. 
<laughs> Scores a classic stinker on Jackery Campbell. Wow, howdy, it's 2 nothing Wangs. After outshooting the Wings 10-7 in the first period, the Oilers finally solved the Huso Rubik's Cube when Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets his 25th from Conrad and Zirk Merton Herman. <laughs> 2 1 Wing of Dings. <laughs> Is Zerk Merton Herman funny? <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Next up, Ruby Furbury, who has been a hot tamale lately, gets one on the power play to restore the Wings' two-goal lead, 3-1 Wings. Uh, Nuge the Man gets his second of the game, 26 of the campaign from McDervin and Burchard. <laughs> <laughs> Murdered and Bursher. That's not even that. <laughs> if you want to know what hits Miles and I's funny bone, is just adding earned. <laughs> word for both, word. I think we're both really tired. <laughs> Three, two, wags. <laughs> Early murder scores roughly four minutes after the second neutral. <laughs> the seesaw game continues. 4-2 wings. Third period, and you hope the Oilers are saving their best for last, eh? Lil Leon, the power play merchant, gets his number 31 on the power play from Brian Ted Nugent Hopkins and Tyson Barefoot Barry to make it 4-3 wangs. Two minutes after Little Leon scores, Derek Ryan grabs his fucking lunch pail and punches in for the day. He's 45 minutes early, first on site, having a Tim's breakfast sandwich and watching the other slap dicks roll into work one by one while he sips the hottest black coffee out of a big-ass Yeti mug his wife got him for Christmas. 4-4 tie game, baby. After a spirited OT bout where the Oilers could have uh, could have ended it four times and the Wings could have ended it twice, we settle for a shootout. Fabrio Nuge miss, Perron and McDavid hit, Larkin and Leon miss, Cider and Hyman miss, Evander Kane misses, setting the stage for penis. I mean, <laughs> Pius Suter <laughs> to score. The game winner, 5-4 Wings final. Shots finished 45 for the Oilers and 23 for the Wings. Wings were 2-for-2 two two on the power play and Oilers were 1-for-3. Husa made 41 stops while this one started off poor for Jack Campbell. He rebounded to play a really solid half of half a game and did give this che- team a chance to win in the back half of the game. Yeah, that's... That's, uh, Mi- that's Miles' opinion, not Nolan's opinion. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I do think that Campbell did make some... Did make some some really key saves to close up the game, but um, man, we are about to get into a really, really rough little stretch for Jack Campbell here. Um, it's especially that cider goal that like just kind of chucked it at the net. It's like, it's li- I, I use this phrase three times today at work, but just chucking shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Um, that's exactly what Moritz Sider did on Jack Campbell and Jack Campbell allowed an absolute stinker in this one. So, um, just a frustrating game overall, man. Like you, you, you expect the Oilers to go in and to kill teams like the wings, um, especially with a team like this, they're getting substantially outplayed, um, like outshot substantially in every game but have been somehow rattling off these like miracle wins. And after a win last night against the Capitals, the Red Wings are now back in the playoff hunt, which is kind of crazy to think about. But these are games that you got to take. And with the 
cupcake schedule that was given to this team, like going, they didn't come out of that. They didn't yeah, come out of the cupcake schedule with a very yeah, impressive like, record. No, exactly. And you are about to enter into like the Thunderdome next week. So frustrating loss. Very, very, very frustrating. And it makes me hate the shootout even more. Oh, well, Nolan, I'm glad you love the shootout so much because this next one is really going to hit. This one is like written by Steve Dangle, no free ads. It was 3-0. 5-4 shootout loss to the New York Rangers on February 17th. Jack Campbell back in net for a second straight game, hoping for a big bounce back after a tough showing against Detroit. Like uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, NYR Nick was in attendance for this one. Probably the drunkest man in Alberta, confirmed per Jason Kenny. This former premier, in case you don't keep up with politics. Um, the first period, man. I mean, what more can you ask for? The Oilers dominated. Nuge scores on the power play from Zyman and McDaniel for the one nothing lead. And then Tyson Berry gets his eighth with Fogel and Yanmark getting the apples to make it 2 nothing Oilers. Derek Ryan hasn't punched out since the last game, and he is piling up the overtime. Not because he needs the money, but simply because he fucking loves getting his hands dirty. He's just an old-school guy that grew up in a time when a handshake actually meant something. <laughs> Hyman and Gisipule Arvey get the assists on this one, and it's 3-0 Oilers. Chris Jenner-Kreider uh, gets a power play marker from Mika Z- Zib Liberjamb. I don't know. I was trying to make a liberal joke. Uh, and Artemi <laughs> flip phone Panarin to make it 3-1 Oilers. The Oilers were not done in the first period as Leon Dreisaitl, power play merchant, and Magic Carpet Peddler scores his 32nd on the power play from McDavid and Nuge to make it 4-1 Oilers going into the intermission. And at this point, you got to feel pretty good, unless you're Nick. And then you're drinking $14 vodka straight and getting relentlessly booed by fans in the crowd. Uh, but oh boy, the second period is start- starting, and I hope it's another dominating period of Oilers hockey. Oh, it is? But it's the Rangers dominating now? Got it. Nice, cool, fun. Kreider gets a shorty from Lindgren and Fox. Shots finish 12-9 to for the Rangers in the second period. And if you can't count or if you lost track, it is 4-2 Oilers. The third period, boy howdy. Laffy Taffy, Alexis Texas, or simply Bust, whatever you know him as. Alexis Lafreniere scores his ninth goal, assisted by his line mates, Shittle and Kako, for three Oilers. Shittle? Shittle? Isn't that how you say it? It's Heedle. It's Heedle. Yeah. You show me a show me a linguistics breakdown how that's he. Oh, I guess there's, there's the C is silent, hey? I have him in fantasy. I should know that. He's sick, man. He's really good. He's nasty. Yeah. And that's I, was, uh, I guess that that's that's why I'm third in fantasy at the moment, eh? Third or fourth? Yeah, I haven't even paid attention because I'm wiping oh, the yeah. floor in my other league. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's convenient. Convenient. Um, um fourth oilers. Hey, fuck it. Let's go to overtime. And Mika Zibanejad scores on the power play. Panarin and Fox get the helpers. 4-4 game. OT was cool and fun and nice, but not nice enough to finish things up. So again, we go to a shootout. Kako and Nuge score. Panarin and McDavid miss. Zib and Barry miss. Tarasenko and Derek Ryan miss. Heathel. Heathel. And Yamo miss. And then laugh. The guy who we chirped earlier seals the win with a shootout goal, sending the home crowd home sad. Yeah, this is um, good stuff. A lot of good stuff. This is a really tough Jack Campbell game. Really tough Jack Campbell game. But for a second here, man, can we can we just can we just forget about everything that led to this? And let's talk about what Jay Woodcroft was thinking with this shootout lineup. 
just sending out complete hands of stone. Did he just close his eyes and kick guys in the back and say, yeah, it's your turn. Go ahead. Cause like the, the, the three mainstays of Nuge, McDavid and dry, I think you have to throw out every single time. That makes sense. Right. For, for one, we have to mention the dry attempt was embarrassing. Oh, the slap shot from the hash marks. Yeah. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. And that, that Leon has been, he luckily kind of redeemed himself last night a little bit, but it's once again just adding to the to the the Rolodex of issues that I've had with Leon Drysaddle's performance this season. I know that he's second in league scoring. I know that he's putting up all the power play points, um, but that game was like that shootout attempt is a prime example of the issues i've had with leon Dreisaitl this Dude, season that's stuff you joke about doing in an adult safe game which is what wouldn't it be funny if i just wound up from the hash marks and took a clap or wouldn't that be that's, hilarious and leon Dreisaitl did it in an nhl game that shit you do when you're up by four with like 30 seconds left like if you want to have a little if you want to have a little fun time you know stomping the shit out of the coyotes or something you just rip a fucking shit bomb from the, from the blue line so but no, like what if you're what if you're up against the two-time stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning and you just start a shooting gallery like well, that would be cool right yeah yeah exactly right but like this is oh but, my god man, but like, i was so mad back to brass tacks though nolan those three make sense but then to go with barry like that's I actually don't hate that Barry Barry like isn't isn't a deeker but like you could pick worse guys and then he's like oh you want me to pick work worse guys I'm gonna pick Derek Ryan and then oh that wasn't bad enough for you I'm gonna pick Yamamoto so you know what this actually when I was watching this game and watching this shootout and watching this lineup come over the boards it occurred to me one thing this team is so light on skill it's not oh, even yeah. funny. Like it is not even the the only guys that you can really chalk up to like real true blue skill are McDavid, Drysidle, Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, everybody else is just kind of a chippy grinder. Like I I would have liked like this is one where and we're gonna get to it. I would have liked to see Holloway if he was if he was still in the lineup. He would have been a great little piece in in that yeah. shootout. And I don't even, we didn't even men. we haven't, why, my God, we didn't even mention the biggest, one of the biggest stories of this week was that, oh, by the way, Kyle Yamamoto came back into the lineup this week and there was, specula- there was spe- back. Yeah, speculation of what was going to happen. Like, is this because there was, yes, Paul Yarvi wasn't on the ice and like what was happening and is there going to be a trade? You would hope so. You would hope so, right? No, instead they just sent down Dylan Holloway and Vincent DeHarnay. Um, and it's, it's, it's very odd. It's just, just a very odd decision and feels very half baked in it's, you know, in it's <laughs> measure. Like I just, we'll, we'll get to the trade discussions and all the buzz and all that stuff right now. But man, it, this has been a very, very, very Bring underwhelming, on the un, very underwhelming week. Um, needless to say, but yeah, like, like I said to you though, it's like, this shows the lack of skill in this lineup. Um, it kind of goes back to what I was mentioning to you, you know, probably about a month or two ago is like this team has a lot of, um, a lot of like, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It doesn't have enough creators. And I feel like more creators would be the ones that you can use in the shootout. 
and would be really helpful in the shootout because creators typically have a ton of skill behind them. Whereas we have so many complimentary players. I love Zach Hyman. I think Zach Hyman does a really great job. I think he has been a wonderful addition to this team. He's tremendous. Love him. Love him to death. That is not a guy that's very skillful. You know, but still, I would like I would like to see him in a shootout before I want to see Derek or Ian or Tyson Berry or Kyler Yamamoto. It's fair, fair, but it just it just goes to show that this team once again does not have skill up and down the lineup. Yeah, no, like to, in an ideal world, you'd throw Hyman in like in this shootout, and it went late, right? Like, what did we get to six rounds? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so like he's a guy you probably throw in fourth or fifth. Fifth, fifth shooter, right? If in an, in a perfect world, that's where you're going to be putting him, right? A guy that like has some offensive upside, but now you're getting a little bit deeper down the shootout lineup. You throw him in. You don't. You're not putting him. Oh, fucking Tyson Berry fourth, a D man fourth. That's not like a Norris candidate. Crazy. I don't know. I was just watching that and I was like, this is doomed from the start. Yeah, that was such an Oilers game to lose. It it, it was, and it's just. <sighs> that's a very, very, very degrading loss. And you can see, and you could see on Connor McDavid's face in the post game interview as well, that he was just pissed off and didn't really want to talk about it. And this is after like a few weeks stretch there where it seemed like he was really opening up in his post game availability. And so I just, (laughs) not much you can really say about it. It's a shitty, shitty, shitty game to lose. At least they got a loser point out of it. Um, Oh God, why did I have to take this one? Um, (laughs) Well, Miles, I'll switch you if you don't want it. Sure. I'll yeah, actually that'd be great because yeah. you, I I can't really reach up in volume, so you can take the volume on this one. Thank you. And I like a lot of these because or I like I wanted this one because I wrote a lot of the jokes, so I think that it'll be good to to, 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 to deliver it organically from the decrepit mind it came from. Uh, it was 3 nothing. Part 2. 6-5 loss to Colorado. Ball Arena. Not sure if there's a worse name in sports. There probably is, but this makes me think of a ball, like a testicle. Testicle arena. PNG Paints Arena is pretty tough. PNG Paint, PNG, I don't know. Ball. <laughs> just say ball four times, ball. just with a nice pause in between each one. Keep going. Ball arena. It doesn't yeah. sound like a real word after a while. Ball arena. What is ball? What do they do? I want to meet that guy. I want to talk to him. I want to see what's going on here. Bull I want to know a- what's going on. With <laughs> I want to get down to business. Speaking of getting down to business, Warren Fogle gets the first goal of the game from Yanmark and McLeod to put the Oilers on top. One, nothing. When it rains, it pours. Why does this guy seem to get frenzy feeding and then go cold? I don't know. It's crazy. But either way, Warren Fogel scores his ninth of the Warren Fogel. Warren Fogel scores his ninth of the year, a minute 14 into the second period. And this time it is from CeCe and Nurse, the dynamic duo. It's 2 nothing Oilers. Six minutes later, little Leon would score a nifty ditty from Hyman and Nurse to make it 3 nothing Oilers. What a roll. What a ride. What a great team. Looks like they're really responding well to the game that they had, had played on the weekend that, that didn't really work out so well for them. So it's good to see them bouncing back. You'd love to see it. Love to see it. Well, uh, JT Comfort, another guy I'm fantasy, not a big deal. Uh, atrocious, great for my fantasy team, atrocious for my mental health here, scoring a minute after Leon's marker to make it 3-1 avalanche. And then Valerie Nachuskin scores four minutes after Comfort to put the Avs within one. 
Tyson Barefoot Barry restores the two-goal lead late in, uh, in the second off a goal from Yesapole Arvey and Devin Shore for two Oilers. Oh, yeah, Devin Shore's back. Great. Well, 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 if it isn't the graduate of Ricky's Road Hockey School, Nathan McKinnon doing something noteworthy, 26 seconds into the third period, he scores a goal to make it 4-3 Oilers. And at this point, you're nervous. You're shitting your pants, and you do not trust this team. Matthias Janmark jumps on the teeter-totter back and forth. We go. Cody Ceci and McDavid get the assist. 5-3 Oilers in the third period. Please, for the love of God, close this out and get out of the ball without gagging. <laughs> little chuckle there i like it i'll take it logan o'connor who sounds like a guy whose ancestors just fucking love the catholic church whiskey and potatoes scores to get the abs within one and then playoff darling and overall little rascal oilers killer arturi lekanen posts his 17th of the year to even it up at five five i brought this up to miles before we started recording we have been We've been cursed by the nightmare of Arturi Lekkonen for three seasons now. Basically, since we started the pod, this, this is ridiculous. A, this oh, is he, ridiculous. He's that's why that's why I said overall little rascal, little or big or pain in my ass. <laughs> Such a rascal. Um, but I mean, Oilers blew a three nothing lead again. We might as well just finish it off. Miko Ratnan completes the comeback and finishes the Oilers. Game with his 35th goal of the year. The OT winner makes it a 6-5 final for the Avs. They did not gag on the ball. They choked on it. Good joke, I thought. Yes, gagging, sorry. Gagging I was on the ball, choking on the ball. I was just, I was having like Vietnam style flashbacks to this game. And <laughs> I was like, it was kind of losing my mind a little bit. And, and that was also compounded with the fact that I just, I, I just checked Twitter for a quick second and up popped the like, hey fans message from Russell Westbrook joining the Clippers. So I'm <laughs> fucking cursed right now. I'm cursed. My sports fandom is done. Um, well, it was 42 shots uh, for the Avalanche to 40 shots for the Oilers. Oilers went zero for one on the power play and the Avs went 0 for four on the power play. So shout out to uh, Manson and the boys for holding it down on, on the special teams end. Uh, hard to believe the Oilers only generated one power play in that game though. I was not able to watch. I was doing a bunch of house stuff. Um, I was not able to watch either. I was actually, uh, play, you know, the, uh, the ice was a little rough. So I'll play a little boot hockey with a few of the fellas. Oh, no, no, didn't put the jets on. You're just running around. Yeah, exactly. I fell over a couple times, got a little butt end of a stick into the face. It was good. How many beers? Um, it was, I feel like it wasn't that bad. And when I say it wasn't that bad, I probably had like nine Bud Lights. <laughs> That's just a casual <laughs> nine rock. But man, scored five goals. The kid was on fire. <laughs> I love that. I love not a big it. deal. Not a big deal, but I was just getting teed up by all my teammates, by my two teammates that played like pretty high hockey. <laughs> so they're just feeding you. Yeah. Although, man, I had a few of those like I had a few of those like fuck it passes in between the legs to some guys and like went tape to tape. And I'm like, oh, man, could I be a, could I be a, a, a high end offensive defenseman? Could I be an oh. Oilers target? Dude, all we have to do is put you in a couple power skating classes and you're you're there. I'm flying. You're flying. This kid's got the wheels. Um, so we need to get sadder. Like I, I feel like we're just so I've become so numb to the Oilers blowing leads that we're not really giving this game the credit it deserves. Like this was a cataclysmic 
loss. Oh, it was horrible. Um, this sucks. And when we're talking about bad Jack Campbell performances, the goal that Jack Campbell allowed from Nathan McKinnon, I do not care if he is Nathan McKinnon. How do you allow that? I did not see it. He was, from like the, he was from like the parking lot. He basically, he, like, don't get me wrong. He, like, he didn't completely beat Darnell Nurse, but there was a little bit of space, but that's like a goal you just cannot allow. And it's 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 embarrassing. Like this is, we're back to we're we're back to a lot of classic Oilers things of this season: bad starts, bad goaltending, uh, not very good special teams. I know that the I know that the Avs went zero for four on you know zero for four in the power play, but the 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 penalty kill suffered. And a lot of people are trying to point this on the fact that David DeHarnay was not in the lineup. Oh, your seventh defend your seventh rookie Vincent defenseman, or David. Uh, uh, Vincent, uh, David is long retired and probably playing a Spengler Cup somewhere. Dehar, uh, yay! Day, yeah, Dehar game five. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyways, like, oh, your 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 seventh rookie defenseman is is what's completely crumbling your your penalty kill. That makes sense. Um, it just you you can't lose this game like you you just can't especially and the the crazy part is is that the reason why the Oilers are still in a playoff position is because the Calgary Flames have been pooping their pants for the last 2 weeks if the Flames play at, at all to what they're capable of the Oilers are like 4 points out of a playoff position right now they've been quite lucky to be getting these loser points though too like 100% that keeps, and we and we and everybody and every Oilers fan has been clowning on the Flames for the amount of loser points that they have. Well, guess what? We're in the same position. You know, this was going to be like if we if we recorded on Family Day, this would have been an episode of three straight games with a loser point where you have to beat you have to beat some of these teams. Like you have to beat the bad teams and you have to beat the good teams. And they and had to, they had to beat Colorado, man, just for like a measuring stick contest. A hundred percent. They this had is, to beat. This them. is your like. This is the 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 cup will run through Colorado, no matter which way you like it or not. Landeskog will be back. They will have a fully healthy lineup. And as it was just announced today, Eric Johnson is going to be placed on long term injured reserve. So guess what? That six million dollars that the Colorado Avalanche have just freed up to go big fish hunting. So if they want to add somebody, if they want to add a, you know, for the love of God, I, I've just put this into my head, but they could add Timo Meyer if they wanted to. And yeah. like the cup runs through Colorado. You you have to, you have to, you have to beat these guys. There's no other way around it, but it's just, it's deflating. Very, very, very deflating. Bring it back up, Nolan. Let's get happy here. With some sweet relief. A 4-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Bright side? For Ladero for... The Fleurs. Bright side, the Oilers have gotten a point in their last three games. Yay? Hooray? Cool? Bad news. Uh, they were leading at one point in all of them. He <laughs> uh, And you know what? The Oilers... Once again, classic bad start Oilers. Noah Cates, son of Rough Rider legend Wes Cates, maybe? I might want to get a parental <laughs> test on that one. Uh, Maury, gets the, Maury, Maury. Gets the Flyers on the board halfway through the first one nothing Flyers, and my life is flashing before my eyes. Please don't lose to the fucking Flyers. Please, God, no. Our savior? 
Tyson Berry gets the Oilers equal uh, gets the Oilers equalizer with the three with three seconds left in the first period on the power play from the point assisted by Leon the faceoff guy one one heading into the room. After Cody Cece sends an absolute pizza to his rookie partner, Philip Broberg, uh, Owen Tippett, who loves the boys so much that he decided to dye his hair orange, scores his 16th of the year. Wow, he's got 16 goals in the year. Good for Owen Tippett uh, to put the Flyers back on top. Um, That's like pretty good for being on the stinky Flyers. Uh, second period ends the Oilers down 2-1. They are also being outshot at this point, 16-10, and quite possibly one of the most miserable performances through two periods that this team has had all year. I could not believe how bad they were and how much they did not give a fuck. And <laughs> it's funny, uh, after the first period, Bob Stoffer, oh, what a performance. Who, what a lord. What what a absolute lord! Because after Joaquin Gage was going on about some shit about how the the the, the team just needed to work harder and all that, and Bobby qu- qu- quickly chimed in like an absolute king and said, "This team is waiting on something. Like they're waiting on their man on their general manager to do something." Now, on one side, maybe a little bit problematic that your team is hemorrhaging points because they're cranky that they don't have another addition to their lineup. That doesn't really make sense. But on the other side of the coin, he called out Ken Holland for being co- for being compensated quite well and for this management grouping in a very privileged position. Because I don't know if it happened to occur to you, Oilers management, you have the two of the five best players in the entire world, and your team is clinging on to a wild card position at the moment. This team should be a thousand times better than they actually are. So good on Bob Stoffer. And then it looks like he. He didn't do his radio show today, so everyone's kind of speculating whether or not he got uh, he got a one game sussy and a fifty gr- and a fifty thousand dollar fine out of that. But if that's the case, shit happens when you party hard. Uh, Power play merchant, though, Leon Dreisaitl scores a 699th point from Nuge and Connor to tie things up at twos. With eight minutes left in the game, Connor McDavid scores his 43rd of the year from Leon Dreisaitl for his 800th career point. And what a freak he is. I cannot believe we're actually at 800 points in this guy's career in his eighth season. Like, wild. And in that same play, Leon hits 700 points in his career. Just absolutely adorable. And more importantly, it gives the Oilers a 3 to lead it's pretty sick that 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 that's on a game-winning goal that that, yeah, that big milestone happened that is really cool um mc uh, mcdad empty net uh, mcdad empty net goal is the sweetest pie the cherry on top is that it was shorthanded also the cherry on top was that it also secured the puck line victory for me so thank you <laughs> nurse gets the apple everyone goes home happy even the flyers four to final Oilers put 17 on Hart in the third to finish with 27 shots. Flyers had 26. Skinner, who absolutely fucking robbed Owen Tippett in the third with a beautiful pad save, stopped 24 of 26 shots. Flyers were 0 for 3 on the power play. Oilers were 2 for 4. Once again, shout out to the Manson squad for holding down the PK. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was going to be a really, really, really dark moment if they would have lost this game. But um, the Stars came out to play. And that's the most for important one period. Part. For 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 one period, yes. They're just lucky that all it took was the. It only took one period. Yeah. and it was against the Flyers. Um, can I sidebar for a second? Absolutely. Connor McDavid, eight hundred points. I remember when we started this show, you made a graphic of like five hundred days of summer, but it was five hundred points yeah. of Connor. I was going to bring that this was up. 
really recently, man. Like this kid's been on it. I can't even say a kid. He's damn near the same age as me. He's been on an absolute tear. Dude, he is going to he's gonna hit a thousand points before he's like twenty eight years old. Ridiculous. And no, we, sorry, twenty nine. But and yeah. and and we're in a wild card playoff spot. But it's fine. It's cool. No, it's not a it's not that's not bad. That's not a problem. That's not a panic button. I I have no words. I just <laughs> it's don't get me wrong, I'm very happy with a victory last night. It's it's great. It you know, that's good stuff. That's yummy. That's yummy yummy content, but um I just can't. I just I just can't. I would love I, I actually would love to title this episode. I just can't. Um, Dude, we've been beaten we've been beating the same drum for so long as a fan base that it, it's we're actually breaking through the canvas see the thing that is kind of crazy is that when you look at all of the underlying numbers and stuff the team has actually performed very well um they're among the leaders in like high danger chances generated and things like that so things have been going well in that regard but it's like if one thing doesn't work if what if you know one thing is working there's like a million other things that aren't working it's like oh we go into the shootout and there's no uh there's no skill uh this team poops their pants when they have a when they have a bit of a lead uh the goaltending likes to uh be become utter dog shit at the worst time possible katie perry man they're hot and cold they're absolutely hot and cold and it just like at the end of the day like is this going to turn into is this going to translate into this team is going to be battle tested when it comes to a playoff run because now they kind of know like the ups and downs of of, of and the rigors of a long season. Um, or is this just going to be this is a flawed team from the beginning and Ken Holland needs to be ashamed and probably fired for the for the job he's on this season? Who's excited to find out? <laughs> <laughs> Check out next week. <laughs> uh, speaking of next week, Nolan, that's a great segue because next week uh, the Oilers play Pittsburgh Thursday, February 23rd. They play Columbus Saturday, February 25th. And then they play the Bruins, the big bad Bruins, Monday, February 27th. Maybe we should just skip this section because last week I said they were going to be 3-0 and and you said they were going to be 2-1. and we didn't account for the Flyers game, so anybody who wants to be like, those numbers down and up can piss off. But either way, we were terrible at predicting how how these sports were going to work out. Um, it's, it's a shame. I'm embarrassed. But I am mad enough to admit when I'm wrong and, and, and smart enough to realize when I have something great in front of me. That's why we're so happy to have a company like, uh-oh, time for an ad read. Bet stamp. Oh! To, uh, to to be the best odds finder out there and help us maximize our returns. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends at BetStamp. BetStamp aggregates all the odds for sports books around Canada, ensuring that you get the ultimate bang for your book. You can line shop with all the big sports books, track your bets with their verified tracking system, and even follow winning bettors who use the platform to find those smart picks. Or you can follow your friends and watch them make three-team uh, parlay WHL picks. Who's to say? <laughs> Personally, I've loved the social aspect of the app and, and tracking my bets and seeing my return. Um, follow me on BetStamp. I'm I'm MFooks31. Our, our good buddy, friend of the show, we've talked about him a couple times here, but Bruins boy Ben, he's on there as well. And, and we've been going back and forth, helping each other make the most of our picks and seeing uh, how your friends are doing with their their bets at the end of the day. So it is, it is really fun. If it's something you and your friends are into, uh, it's a great aspect of the app that i've i've really enjoyed something i thought i would never say that i was gonna love uh watching my buddies bet and stuff like that but seeing 
how their bets are formulating and different things like that. It's cool. It is. It is really interesting. Um, but Nolan, speaking of a pick, we've got the Oilers money line over Pittsburgh found on sports interaction at minus one Oh four, actually the underdog in this situation, whereas most books have the teams that are an even lock. And we found that using the bet stamp app. So if you want the Oilers money line, sports interaction is your best option uh, for a higher return. Download the BetStamp app and make sure you use our referral code one for one when you sign up. Thank you to BetStamp for sponsoring the show and please remember to play responsibly. Very lovely ad read, Miles. You did a great job. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. I'm glad that glad that we can both have some nice, sexy, smooth ad reads. <laughs> and that BetStamp can come in and hear us talking very casual they're gonna be like oh these guys are so these guys talked about gagging on balls earlier (laughs) we're pulling our sponsorship (laughs) this is outrageous speaking of outrageous yes thank you cheers to you mate oh (laughs) it's time to talk about some oiler shit okay so let's just quickly run through some of the stuff we mentioned already Calor Yamamoto's off of LTIR and Vincent DeHarnay and Dylan Holloway got sent down. Well, uh, lo and behold, Dylan Holloway got sent down, played in one game. Uh, I believe actually one period of Bakersfield hockey looked like a freaking rock star, like looked like an absolute, absolute superstar, and then <laughs> injured his shoulder and will now miss a month. Great stuff to see. Uh, that is, Vinny- that's, what, that's what people in the biz call a whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> Uh, Vincent DeHarnay then got called up again. I guess uh, there's been a big flu bug running around the Oilers dressing room right now. And it also just happens to be that, oh, it looks like Evander Kane's going to also be out a month due to injury. Tremendous stuff. Um, and so um, things are looking a little bleak in Oilers land. Um, we have a top six winger out again. Uh, we have a kind of mentally weak team right now. And uh, as it stands, I actually wanted to read a little Oilers buzz because, you know, we, we were so we were so optimistic last week, Miles. We were talking about Eric Carlson. We were talking about, talking about some some other little pieces and, you know, moving 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 guys out and maybe we can get ourselves a nice superstar defenseman. Well I don't know I don't know who the singer is, but we were we were talking bodies. Now we, if we're talking bodies. You remember that song? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay, it's fine. Go ahead. As yeah. you were. Uh, so I just wanted a nice little aggregate. Actually, uh, shout out Betstamp. Uh, I want a little aggregate of some of this Oilers, uh, of some of this Oilers discussion because I, I I've seen lots of it. Uh, you know, and I needless to say I I've not been too enthusiastic with the last week. Uh, so just as a just as a as a little side note, the update on the Eric Carlson thing. Uh, Chris Johnson reporting that um, uh, Eric Carlson will waive his is willing to waive his no move clause to come to Edmonton. So that's pretty cool. I would assume that was probably something that was talked about beforehand. Um, and actually, funnily enough, Eric Carlson was out was uh, was not at Sharks practice today. He was at the facilities though, but he was not. I don't know if he's playing tonight, but what you know, or tomorrow, or whatever. But just something to keep in mind. Um, but our uh, the lovely uh, Elliot Friedman decided to, in his 32 Thoughts column today, because I don't know if we've really talked about it, Miles, but uh, the Oilers are in on Patrick Kane. 
Oh, and God. it's just like how in. So here's the thing is there's a piece of news that like literally just came through like 10 minutes ago that I'll, I'll, that'll bring up. Okay, sorry. Um, it's, oh, it's okay. Um, so the Oilers made a pitch for Patrick Kane and it's up to him whether or not he wants to move. So basically he can say that cause he's a full no move clause. He can say wherever he wants to go. So if he goes to the Blackhawks and he says, yeah, I want to go to the Edmonton Oilers, the Oilers can lowball them figuratively but we also know what happens when uh when the blackhawks are up against the wall and uh you know their star player only gives them one option to go to ken holland loves to pay full value for that um but they made a pitch for patrick kane and obviously duncan keith is still around the organization so there's been a lot of like hey maybe that matters maybe keith is talking to kane and yada 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 um Oilers also declined a big ask from the Hawks uh, regarding Sam Lafferty, a utility bottom six forward. He uh, PKs, he's pretty fast, and he's kind of stymie, but I don't know. Um, then uh, Elliot Friedman loved to uh, take the air out of the balloon by mentioning that uh, Eric Carlson to the Oilers is a one-in-a-million trade. Oh, great. So um, very unlikely, needless to say. And obviously people were chiming back with, so you're saying there's a chance. Um, but um, the issue the issue with the deal being that Holland or Ken Holland wants about 4 to $5 million retained by the Sharks for the next four years, which is a lot of money to try and place on ownership in order to make that move happen. And the Sharks only want to retain $2 million. So they only want to retain... Two million, making Carlson a nine and a half million dollar defenseman for the Oilers, which is just kind of a no go. Um, and then Larry Brooks chimed in earlier on tonight, and this is the news I was mentioning about ten minutes ago, that the Rangers are back in on Patrick Kane, and okay, they're good. able to make it work. So, needless to say, if you have not followed the Patrick Kane situation, he wanted to go to the New York Rangers. They traded for Tarasenko. Kane threw a hissy fit, then scored like fucking a hundred goals in a weekend and is now the bell of the ball again. And now if that's the case that they can make Kane work, then Kane will most likely be a New York Ranger. I was very lukewarm on a, or on a Patrick Kane because from all accounts, he's been basically cooked for most of the season. Now, with that being said, he had an awesome week. Maybe he's healthy. Maybe he's showtime Kane again. Maybe you get him into a into a building where he's he's a part of a contender again, and maybe he's awesome. But this team needs, like, true blue top-end skill in their prime right now. And unfortunately, Patrick Kane is not that player. Um, and it's just... I don't know what to say, man. I really don't know what to say. This is right now. We are at kind of a like deadlock. I don't know if that's a is is that is that the term? Um, we we don't like. I I I just I don't know. I really don't know what to say about what this team is going to do. My biggest fear is that we get past the trade deadline and Ken Holland has acquired Shane Gostisbehere and like Sam Lafferty. Biggest fear, but that's seemingly strikes me as the most realistic option too. Exactly. And, and that's the worst part. That is the problem is yeah. that this team is not consistently in on the best players right now. Jacob Chikrin is out there. And from 
all accounts, I believe this comes from Andy Strickland, like all all the Coyotes want are either two firsts or one of those pieces being equivalent to a first. So like a first round pick and a prospect that was drafted in the first round or is putting up like first round like production. So you're talking like a first and Xavier Borgo or a first and Reed Schaefer. Do it. For a 24-year-old defenseman with $4.6 million per year for two years left on this deal. Like, what are we doing? And LA's still in on him. Boston's in on him. I mean, Boston looks like they're trying to close the deal with Gavrikov right now, which if that's the case, we don't really take him. But, like, I don't, I don't get, and and then the other thing that was mentioned too is the most likely outcomes for Jacob Chikrin are either Columbus or St. Louis. Neither one of those makes a lick of sense. Well, St. Louis, I kind of understand because they've acquired all these assets from the Ryan O'Reilly trade, from the Tarasenko trade, and they're going to basically flip those into a younger player that can come play with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. But the Oilers are allow are, are going to allow another top end piece just go because of their outdated mindset. And I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how you're in on Eric Carlson, but you're not, or how you're in on Eric Carlson, but you're not in on Jacob Chikrin. What's the difference? Like if you're, if you, you didn't want to acquire a offensive defenseman, then like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the logic here. Um, because it isn't logical. That's the pro- that's no, the whole it's, thing. There is no there's no point to it. It does, it simply but, does not make sense. But furthermore, why is this team not in on Timo Meyer? Like, why can't this team be in on Timo Meyer? If we're in on Patrick Kane, why are we not in on Timo Meyer? No, like they they should it, be linked to every big name right now. If the if the issue is paying guys, why are all the top teams that are that are that are in the mix? Why are they like? Why are they these these are why are these all the teams that are up against the salary cap right now? No, it's fu- it's funny that you bring up Reed Schaefer as a trade chip because throughout all of the Oilers shoppings or proposed deals or whatever that they've been talking about, they haven't said his name once. And they've been so quick to talk about Xavier Bigot and like the the pick and everything else, but they've never talked about Reed Schaefer, who I think probably has really high value at the moment, being a Team Canada World Junior player. He's having a pretty good season in the dub. Like, big kid, uh, he's an appreciating asset. I, I, why have we not seen his name thrown around as a trade piece? Because he's six foot three and he's from Alberta. I know, and it's bullshit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm teeing it up, man. It's crap. It's... I and mean, don't get don't, me wrong. I don't want it like in a perfect world, you don't get rid of Reed Schaefer in a perfect world. You know, you keep everything and everybody wants to come to Edmonton for nothing. And, and everybody dances around the fire singing Kumbaya. But at the end of the day, if this draft is supposed to be as deep as it is, um, sell that to building teams, sell that promise of like, okay, well, we're going to give you our first round pick from this for this draft, which is supposed to be really good. So, you know, keep that in mind. And we're gonna give you Reed Schaefer, big guy, skilled. He's on the, he's up and coming. Take him, and then we keep Burgo. Yeah, like it makes just come on, man. Half half of being an NHL GM is selling, and it seems like Ken Holland doesn't want to do a damn job of selling anything. He just wants to sit there and be sit and look at his size eighty seven font on his phone and scroll with one finger and and think about fucking eating dinner at four thirty. Well. 
this actually makes a really good segue to a the most uncreative GM in the league to more Love creative them. GMs. Uh, should yeah. we just get into the? Yeah, let's talk about the accountant. Okay, sounds good. Um, do you want to do you want to take the trade? Might as well. I mean, if you haven't heard about it by now, you live under a rock. But there was a big Toronto blockbuster. The Leafs got Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Akari. Achari. Achari. That's a that's a great last name. That's a last name that likes uh that likes cheese, like 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 hard cheeses from Italy. Um so the blues get Mikhail Abramov and Adam Gaudet, as well as the Leafs first round pick in 2023, and Ottawa's third round pick in 2023, the Leafs second round pick in 2024. Minnesota is also involved in this trade. It's a three three team trade. Uh, they get Toronto's fourth rounder in 2025 for retaining a portion of Ryan O'Reilly's salary. St. Louis retains 50% of his salary, and Minnesota retains 25% for the rest of the year as he's an expiring contract. So again, the Leafs get two players, the Blues get a two players, three picks, and the Minnesota Wild get one pick. The big deal. It is a big deal. That's a huge trade. The Leafs also got a prospect out of it. What the hell is his name again? Um, I had it up on Cap Friendly here. Hold on. A I didn't even see his name listed in the trade, so he's I apologize. Like a, oh, it's okay. He's like a twenty-year-old forward. Where the hell is it here? Um, Josh Pilar. He's a twenty-one-year-old forward from Warman, Saskatchewan. Um, beauty. Twelve points in fourteen games with the Saskatoon Blades. Um, probably nothing, but a little throw-in prospect, which is kind of cool. But, um. You know what, man? I really like this deal for the Leafs. Oh, dude, this is a this, this is a huge this, deal for this, the Leafs. This rocks, and man, if they if they don't take no for an answer, and they just add another piece to their top six, and they have that positional versatility of being able to move Ryan O'Reilly up and down your lineup, man, Ryan O'Reilly, your third line center, is insane. Um, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly is your second line center. John Tavares is your third line center. Still insane. Well, yeah, opinion, and, well, whatever. and I mean, right now they're experimenting with Tavares on the wing, right? Which, once again, is like pretty nuts. So, if they and were to... Achari's no slump either, like he's good. He's a really good bottom six player. Yeah, and if you were to add another piece to this team, and like, I mean, for who's a team that's probably willing to sell off? But I mean, like, even if they were to get somebody like a, like a you know, Mikhail Granlin or a Nino Niederreiter from Nashville. And you plug that guy into your top six, like you're one of the deepest teams in the league and you can take on any, like any of the behemoths of, of the Atlantic and even the NHL in general. So, um, yeah, I, I really like that deal from Kyle Dubas. And I, I think that, uh, I think we're shaping up for a big deadline from them. Oh, well he, he did what we've been talking about for, for years on the show he went out and did it yeah he saw a good player he saw an opportunity for his team to get better and he just made the move made it happen got another team involved said hey minnesota i don't have the cap space to do this all myself what what do we need to do here to, to get you guys into the fold right like this is the type of creativity this is the type of you know literally doing your job shit that yeah. ken holland needs to be doing Yep, and that's what's frustrating is that instead of being a 
innovator ken holland is designing to be a follower and it's really frustrating i don't know um, dude he's not even following he's just complacent he's not doing jack shit yeah he's he's doing absolutely nothing and then watch ken holland just trades for like freaking Sidney crosby tomorrow um i would uh, happily eat my words <laughs> um speaking of uh speaking of creative and uncreative gms uh the senators were somehow able to dump two years and four and a half million dollars a year of nikita zaitsev on the chicago blackhawks um along with a second round and they were able to do it for a second round pick and a sixth round pick um i think this is a banger move from pierre dorian like they were able to get off a god-awful contract, open up all of that cap space, and now if they want to take a swing on some of these guys that are available, including a Jacob Chikrin, help maybe if he wants to bring Eric Carlson back to Ottawa, which I think is very well more than possible, um, he can very well do that. Um, well, not, not to mention, man, that frees up a lot of cap space going forward, like when they have uh, Debrinkat go to the market at the end of the year, right? Like exactly. They, they, they have a lot of contracts. That, a lot of guys, they probably want to try and resign. The money's got to come from somewhere. So this is a Chestnut Checkers future move for Dorian. And once again, uh, showing too that uh, Ken Holland also overpaid to dump the Zach Cassian contract. So that's great. And that was less money. Um, a couple of little minor moves I just wanted to mention too is... Um, Dyson Mayo got traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, I, I only heard that. Yeah, I only bring it up just because we've talked about Dyson Mayo on here before. Uh, because well, I think the he was my breakout player pick for oh yeah, for I think Arizona. he was. I like Dyson um, Mayo. I'm a big Dyson Mayo but guy. That, but that was for the Shea Weber contract and a 2023 fifth round pick. So uh, shout out Shea Weber, a member of the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if you saw that tweet, but it was like um, the Coyotes legend lineup is like pretty unbelievable. Uh, they just need a goalie uh, because the top line was Marion Hosa, Pavel Datsuk, and uh, Shane Doan. No, not no, not Shane Doan. It's um, but on the back end was like. Um, on the back end was Shea Weber and uh, Chris Pronger because they acquired the dead contracts of those players. So that's fun. Um, good for them. And then another one I wanted to bring up too, just because I know that we do have a couple of Ranger listeners. Uh, Rangers got Tyler Mott from, so they're bringing him back I heard from the that. Ottawa yeah, Senators yeah. Uh, for Julian Gauthier and a conditional seventh round pick. Really, an, Another move I like for Ottawa. I, I like this I like move for, for New York. Teams. I like this move for New York a lot um, because it's a guy that they're familiar with, brings some energy into your bottom six, can can kill penalties um, pretty fast, like just a a good, useful third-line player, and you paid basically nothing to get him. Yeah, no, I I think it's a good move for both teams, honestly. I I think that Gauthier's got some, like just, I don't know, a totally eye test, but I like the game that he plays when he's in. I think he's he's, he's a good little player. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that he came into the league with so much potential and so much hype around him because he was like this uh he was this like gritty power forward that could score in junior and uh now that he's kind of really fig- kind of figured it out now that that's not really what his role is going to be in the NHL. Um he's not a bad player and French Canadian going to Ottawa. Sure. I yeah, guess that change works. Of, change of scenery. He's got the guys to do the heavy lifting up up front in Ottawa. The skill guys maybe he gets slaughtered in, rides with one of them. Who knows? Whatever. Good pick, good for the Rangers. Good for the Sens. Yeah. Um. But overall, I think that you know we're gonna have one more show before the NHL trade deadline, and uh, we'll see what's coming up. I think that we're gonna be. I don't know. I'm actually kind of 
I'm kind of curious because I feel like there's going to be a lot of GMs making a lot of excuses as for why they can't make moves. And I swear to God, if I have to hear the term money in, money out one more time, I'm going to throw my computer out a window. Spoiler alert, you are. Um, Thank you. <laughs> second up, um, there is just kind of, there's kind of a weird feeling. I don't know if you feel it too, but it's it it feels like something's coming. And I know that I've been the cloud of doom and like, oh, he's not going to do shit. Uh, uh, uh. But it it does feel like there's a storm a coming. Like a like an oiler storm, like there's a big Oilers move that's gonna happen. It do, it does feel that way to me. See, Elliot Friedman has mentioned multiple times that he spoke with many GMs and executives around the league, and they all believe that Edmonton and Vegas are gonna both do something really big. Yeah, so but, hype. But I feel like that was kind. I feel like big is just like Patrick Kane, and if Patrick Kane doesn't happen when Edmonton, then what is it gonna be? But it's gonna be something, man. I I feel it in my knee. I mean, could it be like one of those St. Louis defensemen? I really don't want Colton Pareko. I don't want that contract. I don't want to. I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Um, you wanted that bad a couple of years ago. I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how time Fun, changes? Funny how things change. Um, but I mean, you've got. There, there are a lot of pieces out there. Like there really are. Like Jacob Vrana is available. I mean, you could probably get him for dirt all. But I mean, at the same time, Detroit's once again in a playoff position again. Maybe Ottawa. Like maybe if they decide not to, not to um, resign Alex DeBrincat, maybe that's a player that you can take a swing at. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I want this team to just get so much better, and I just, I just don't. I'm not sure if I have the faith in me. I feel I, so dejected. <laughs> I want you to stay stay positive, Nolan. I want you to stay optimistic because I do I do feel like there is something coming. I do I do have that sense that there's going to be a big move for the Oilers coming up here in, in in the next couple of weeks leading up to the deadline and on deadline day. So you believe that Sleepy I, Ken is going to be going Minnesota? Yeah, dude. Honestly, I think it's just a ruse for everyone. He's like, oh man feel bad for me and that's why i'm going in on him the way that i was and then he's gonna be like boom gotcha got your pick he just got your player. he's gonna do the he's, he's gonna do the uh he's gonna do the uh oh help i need an ambulance but not for but me not for me yeah, yeah. He, absolutely he's going to um speaking of calling ambulance but not for me uh, Connor Ingram, man, he had a shutout against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that drafted him and then traded him for a seventh round pick. He made 47 saves in a one nothing win, stopping Kucherov to win it in the shootout. Go off, King. What a nice story, hey? That is pretty nice, man. Like That's got to feel good, man. That guy's come a long way, and it's just really good to see and really exciting to see. and. I mean, we're we may get to a point now with Arizona where they trade Karel Vimelka, which I, I if you're gonna if you're gonna sell high on somebody, sell high on Karel Vimelka. He's unbelievable. And That's you can get such a haul for him and then you can just develop your next guy that you can trade for a haul on Connor Ingram. That'd be so cool. That's what um that's what uh, NYR Nick said. He's like, I still think they're gonna get chicken chicken and Vimelka. And I was like, You're on drugs. Who who's gonna get Chicken and Vimelka? The Oilers. Why would we get Vimelka? You never know. 
oh, trade trade Jack Campbell for Corral Malka yeah. and ne- never sign another free agent again. Tyson Berry and uh, and Soup and a bunch of picks go back for Vamelka and and Chikrin. Uh, Tyson Berry and Jack Campbell. I would I would shit my pants oh, happily. Man. I as as I would too, but I mean I I don't know if I live in a fantasy land. I would like to. I would like to live in Candyland. Um, Miles, would you like to take the next sad point? I will, because I wrote this, and okay. it's sad, but Alex Ovechkin has been away from the Caps uh, after his father unexpectedly passed away. Say what you want about the Russia-Ukraine conflict and uh, Ovechkin's opinion on that and lack of opinion or whatever you want to say, but there's lots of stories about Ovechkin's dad in like the D.C. area and in Virginia uh, being around fans and being a really nice guy in the community and like taking pictures with uh, with fans and um, like they got there's a really cool story about him and his wife were driving to the Verizon Center and there was construction and they got lost and they had to follow a car of like fans uh, to the parking lot and then in the parking lot they gave them like passes to come and hang out with them and stuff so like just cool stories about this guy and and you know it, it's it's sad I've had some friends who've, who've unfortunately lost their parents and like just the stories of Ovechkin and how close he was with his dad and how his family was involved with um, you know him chasing the record for goals and stuff like that Um, it's obviously going to be really hard on him and that's just sad it's, as a human moment that's that's sad so you hope that Ovechkin can't can get back to playing hockey soon and um, just yeah feels for him man that sucks yeah of course Um, and also good news is that he's actually back in DC now Um, so he looks like he is going to be returning to play pretty shortly here but yeah I mean Especially because I I feel I feel like everybody's kind of always known Ovi's dad in the media. Like he's always been around. I feel like we've kind of always seen his like very Russian face, like for a very long time. And um, yeah, it's just shout out. And it, it came out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. It was like, hey, Ovi's taking a leave of absence here. He's got to go back to Russia. His dad's not doing good. And then the next day, it's like, oh, his dad actually passed away. It's over, and yeah. he didn't get. He wasn't there able to get there in time. Yeah. But um, sad. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to o- shout out to Alex Ovechkin and his family. And shout out to dads everywhere, man. Yeah, man. Everybody, give your dad a hug. Give him a give him a give him a call once in a while. Yeah, that's a good that's a good message. Yeah. Um. Okay, you can take you can take the next one, and then I'll I'll take the last two. Okay, you want me to take this so that I can just at the same time just start shoving my hat in my mouth so I can eat it or what? I, actually, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Boston has 43 wins. They are gross. The East is gross. The Islanders are also in the first wildcard spot. So everything we said about the Horvat deal was hashtag cap. Florida has also moved into the second wildcard spot. I suck. Uh, Behind them by a point is Pittsburgh. Then Detroit and Washington who sit two points back. Buffalo is four points back of the second wildcard spot. Ottawa is six points back. Philly is eight points back. The East is spicy right now. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of moving parts, and it's going to be fun to watch. Okay, Miles, without looking, what's the Oilers' goal differential right now? Plus 26. Plus 25. Very good. Thank you. It's like uh, I have an Oilers podcast. What's the Dallas Stars goal differential? I don't know, dude. Plus 
seventeen. Plus thirty-seven. Yeah, whatever. What Point is off. what is the Toronto Maple Leafs goal differential? Plus fourteen. Plus forty-four. Oh. What is the Boston Bruins goal differential? I I feel like I know it. Plus two hundred nine. Plus ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> That's wild. Boston is so good. A, for lack of a better term, certified wagon. Gross. And if this team somehow gets grosser, doesn't get Gavrikov, and they decide to get Jacob Chickard, I mean, I actually like. I'm. We might actually have to change this to like one for one, and it's just a Boston <laughs> podcast. Wicked smart. <laughs> go, go, bees, go. Go, I got bees. I got says. I got the pats. Yeah, and, and then instead it closes with them shipping up to Boston. <sighs> um, do you want to take this next one? Sounds good. Uh, Carolina had an outdoor game and beat the Caps. Uh, looked cool. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> um, dude, did you see that uh, Coach Chippy? Have you ever seen his TikToks? No, I haven't. He's this like kid. I don't know how old he is, but he does one persona and he does it really well. And it's well, I guess he has two. He does like douchey AAA hockey player, and then he oh, does yeah. he does like, um, just like quintessential hockey coach, and like, oh, oh yeah, I have oh, seen yeah, this guy. You really gotta focus on the toe drag release. So he did one, and I was thinking about it today actually because it, it's just funny. But it's him and Svechnikov, and he's like toe drag release, Svechy, toe drag release, <laughs> and every time he takes a shot, he just goes. He's hunched over, and he's like kind of hopping up and down he's like toe drag release toe drag release and i fucking couldn't stop laughing when i saw it i mean man i i like as much as i try not to like laugh at very low hanging fruit hockey humor jokes it they're just so undeniable like when so the, when undeniably a, when funny a, when a creator is good at them yeah they're awesome yeah, yeah like the the bottom of the barrel like you know blank blank podcast jokes where it's like oh uh, wheel snipe selly kind of stuff like i just like i don't find that funny but like man just some of the shit is so goddamn funny when somebody does it right moving on the oilers currently sit uh at 70 points with seattle uh, but occupy the first wild card spot. Seattle has a game in hand. The Kings are second with 71, and the Golden Knights are in first with 73. Those three shootout losses really bit this team um, because they could have had Pacific the specific supremacy, uh, or sorry, p- Pacific supremacy or specific paremacy. Uh, Minnesota is about three points behind us for that final wild card position, and Calgary is four behind them. Uh, Nashville would be the only other noteworthy team, but they're seven points back of Minnesota. Um, I, I, I do not think Nashville is making the playoffs. I do not. Sam, I am. No, but isn't it, isn't it funny how, just how fast the night changes? Because last year, you know, around the trade deadline, it was like, oh yeah, all of these teams are out. Like the, the eight that are going to be in the playoffs are set. Then it's just about seeding now. Um, flippity floppity, boobity boppity. The East is on fire and there's a lot of really good races. And now the West has kind of slowed down and kind of is solidified as to who's there with a couple teams hanging around. Right. So give it a couple more weeks and it could be it could be the complete Uno reverse card of, of last year. And it's just just I just think it's funny that. Dude, like there is a 
there is a reality where Ottawa could still make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> crazy. It would take a miracle run, but there is also a possibility that the Philadelphia Flyers could make the playoffs. Oh, but dude. Ramus Winston would be naked in the street climbing they are, poles. They are eight points out of the second wildcard position, but it's it's very difficult, but it's like I've seen crazier things. The only teams that are like really considerably out of it are like Columbus, Montreal, uh, Anaheim, Chicago, Arizona, San Jose, Vancouver, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to say St. Louis. I just do not think there's a possibility of St. Louis being able to come back. No, I think when they traded Ryan O'Reilly, it was see you later. It was like deuces. Here's our fucking. We're pulling the we're pulling the pin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's man. It's tight, and it also makes for hopefully a more exciting trade deadline but it actually tells me it's going to be the complete opposite so let's hope for the best and let let's who knows let, man all those bottom feeders could be trying to race get as many picks as they can just to up those lottery chances right that's you never what know. i'm hoping for that's yeah. what i'm hoping for brooksy that's what i'm saying brooksy um miles this is me uh setting the pick and letting you go to work Letting me go to work like yeah, uh, like you're... Slash on stage playing no, a concert. I, I was gonna say like new Los Angeles Clippers point guard Russell Westbrook, no, uh, I... taking up jacking up shots from thirty five feet away. Well, I mean nobody wants to talk about the Clippers. The reason I brought up oh, Slash, thanks, Miles. yeah, no worries. <laughs> the reason I brought up Slash is because he's a rock star, and. Nolan, the term rock star gets thrown around a lot these days. Sometimes it's deserved, sometimes it's not. But today, Nolan, we have one that is extremely deserving of the definite of the of the title of rock star of the week. And that is Colette DeVito, no relation to Danny, who is from Connecticut and was born in 1990 with Down syndrome. She developed a passion for baking during a high school cooking class and has turned that passion into a career after attending college. Despite many job interviews going well, she continued to get rejected by employers. Never giving up, she started to approach local grocery stores in Boston, Boston, to sell her cookies. And while the rest is history, as Coletti's Cookies employs a total of 15 people, she started her own cookie company. Several of those employees have a disability. After experiencing firsthand how difficult it was for her to find employment as a person with a disability, Colette decided her company would have a greater mission to provide an opportunity to persons with disabilities. Colette has been featured on CNN, Good Morning America, ABC World News, People Magazine, and now the One for One podcast. She's a smack cookie, and her next goal is to work with lawmakers in Washington to write legislation to create employment opportunities for people with disabilities across America. Check out her non-for-profit, colettisleadership.org, to learn more or to make a donation. And shout out to our rock star of the week, Colette. Good job. Good job, Colette. And thank nice? you, and thank you, Miles, for another just wholesome rock star of the week. Thanks, sometimes man. we sometimes we get these like funny, ha ha ha, kind of like low key, like degenerate ones, but then we get like really nice ones like this, and it it really warms my heart when I see this. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Like I was looking on Twitter the other day, and I saw like a little piece about it, and I was like, screenshot. I got to come back to this. 
And uh, I knew that this is this is the direction we wanted to go. So there's a lot of weird things going on in the world right now, um, as there always is. A lot of people are dealing with different things in their personal lives, their professional lives, their relationships, what have you. Um, but I think that stories like these are a nice way to kind of bring everybody together and be like, hey, the world isn't such a, a weird, screwed up place because, you know, hardworking people um, that, you know, put the put put their lunch pail in hand and, and go to work and do great things are, you know, making substantive change in the world. And she's, she's a great example of that. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Like once again, shout out, shout out Colette. You're doing, you're doing great work. Um, on a side note, uh, Miles, can I give a, like, uh, Nolan's, uh, out of tune, like really bad artist of the week? Yes. If I can follow it up with a chocolate bar recommendation. Oh, absolutely uh my uh, my uh the person on my shit list is actually is actually a double is, is actually a double whammy and it goes to the nba and carl malone for allowing carl oh. malone to be a <laughs> slam dunk contest judge at the nba all-star weekend uh if you're unfamiliar with uh the issues with carl malone he's a with a th- multiple time all star uh, w- among the NBA 75 greatest players of all time, uh, one of the greatest players in the 90s. Uh, however, Just if you want to Google, Google Carl Malone, Malone 13, and, yeah, exactly. Google Carl Malone and the number 13, and you'll understand why he's on this list and why the NBA is uh, also included in this uh, in this absolute atrocity. So, uh, shout out the Utah Jazz, shout out the NBA, and shout out Carl Malone. You guys are doing great work. <laughs> <laughs> Those shout outs are super tongue in cheek. Yeah. Well, um, so Nolan, you gave a chocolate bar recommendation, um, I think last season and it was like a dairy milk chocolate or something like that. I oh, know yeah. no, and you were like, this is such a good chocolate bar. It like, fucking oh yeah, my life. Oh yeah. And I ate it into the microphone. Yes. Yeah. So I don't have one to eat into the microphone, but this is one that I had to share because, and no, again, no free ads. But if there's two things that I love, I'm not a big sweets guy, but if there's two sweets that I like will buy at a grocery store, if I'm feeling it is a drumstick and a Kit Kat. It feels very on brand for you. Thank you. I am a white guy and <laughs> Kit Kat came out with a chunky with Ooh. drumstick in it. Oh, so it's got like the chocolate. It's got like the marshmallowy ice cream wafer, whatever you want to call it. It is damn good. Is it banging? It's as the TikTok kids say, bussin. Bussin. For real, for bussin. real, for real. On God. Uh, bussin. Speaking of delicious things I had, yeah. um, the on the weekend, I probably had like 12 beer and ate half a bag of a uh, half a Costco sized bag of rip, rippled chips with hell of a dip. And no I just like, I literally just sat at the table and just ate it and just checked Twitter. And the next thing you know, half the bag's gone and your stomach sticks out like you're six months pregnant. But it was so good. I've it been was... there, man. We've all been there. If you say you haven't been there, you're a liar. Yeah. Like there's, there's honestly nothing quite like just sitting on the couch, watching a flick or two or watching a television show and just mucking a bag a bag of chips i might do that i might do that myself right now yeah well i i mean i might have 
you know what I've been thinking? I've got s'mores pop tarts in my cupboard right now. Good that lord, they're just begging for my touch. So <laughs> begging for my touch, I dude, I I'm kind of experiencing a bit of a a bit of a problem. So, um, for those who have been following along with my house renovations, they are finally done. And I am back in the dojo. I am in in the pod room, my the, office. The as, popcorn as the, is off his ceiling and is in, yes, in a bag now, and he's munching it. Yes, sir. So just the little things like cleaning up, washing the floor, moving shit back in its spot. Shout out to everybody who helped me so far. I've had, I've had a few people who listen to the show help. So thank you. Thank you all very, very much for everything. Um, but after not being in my house for three months, Mm-hmm. Um, you can imagine that my uh, grocery situation is dire and I have not had a chance to go out and buy groceries. So I do not have snacks. So how, I need to go get some snacks. How so that stinky I can is your eat. fridge right now? Uh, actually, not too bad, man. I took I took most of the stuff out. Everything that I forgot to take out. <laughs> Big J is going to be like, I was there. It smelled like ass. Everything I forgot to take out swiftly got put in the garbage can. And I just cleaned it here and, and threw a new uh, baking soda thing in there to, to absorb some of the smell. So the fridge, getting better. Good job, Merles. You're doing great work. You're doing God's work. Thank you, Nerlin. And we hope that the Oilers will do God's work this week. We didn't do a a, a thing, Nolan. We didn't do a, a um, prediction. So now's the time, man. They've oh, got God. they've got uh, the Bruins. They've got the Blue Jackets, and and who else? Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. How do you Tomorrow. think they're gonna do? How do you think they're gonna do? I'm ready to get hurt again. Three zero. Three now. I'm saying two and one. We're switching. We're flip flippity floppity, goobity boppity. God damn it! Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> why do we do this self to ourselves? That's and true. why do you, why do you do this to yourself, listener? Why tell do you us. Do, tell us in why, a review. Tell us in a review. Why are you an Oilers fan? Why why do you listen to this show and why do you put up with all this shit? Because honestly, we want to know. Because what's co- what we've been talking about for the last few episodes is a is a swift reminder of just how heartbreaking it is to cheer for this team um and and you know and you know what um why don't you if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna leave us a review tell telling us all of your all of your deep dark thoughts um write 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 a write a five-star review on on apple and we'll read it and we'll read it next show okay so just please do that it'll and- help also show us support and also give us a look into your mental health state and we we are always here for you just like you're always here for us shout out to you for tuning into the 15th episode of the one for one podcast home of hot takes and even hotter listeners but as always go oilers go, go, oilers go. <laughs>